Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. Turkey's President Erdogan recently secured his re-election, but he now has to find a way to avoid what appears to be an imminent financial crisis. Erdogan's unorthodox economic policies and his recent effort to juice up the economy ahead of the May elections have effectively pushed Turkey's finances to a breaking point, and the country's on the edge of running out of usable foreign exchange reserves. Brad Setzer, the Whitney Shepherdson Senior Fellow at the Council on Foreign Relations, whose expertise includes global trade and capital flows, financial vulnerability analysis, and sovereign debt restructuring, joins me to break down how Erdogan has brought Turkey's economy to this point and look at what choices the country has if it's to avoid a deep financial crisis. Brad, it's great to have you on The Greek Current. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Brad, just how serious is the situation in Turkey? Is the country on the precipice of a financial crisis? Well, Turkey's on a trajectory where it will uh, literally run out of foreign exchange reserves by the end of the summer unless something changes. Reserves have been falling by between 5 and $10 billion a month. And then before the election, there were a couple of weeks where they fell by that much in a single week. So it really was a case where you could forecast with near total certainty that Turkey would run out of money, run out of usable foreign currency within a relatively short period of time without a change of direction. Why is it so important to have this foreign currency on hand? Well, uh, it turns out that it is pretty hard to settle your trade in Turkish lira, particularly when Turkish lira interest rates are well below inflation. And so if Turkey wants to buy imports, it needs foreign exchange. It needs dollars, it needs euros, it even needs yuan. Turkey runs a trade deficit and it can't finance a trade deficit without access to foreign exchange. But Turkey's banks also have promised Turkish residents to return the dollars that Turks have put on deposit in the banking system. The central bank has borrowed in foreign currency from other central banks around the world. The government has borrowed through the eurobond market a lot of dollars and euros. So if you don't have any foreign exchange reserves and you have a lot of dollar and euro debt, you'll end up in default. So it is vital both to cover your imports and to be able to repay your debts. Brad, I'd like to take a closer look at the magnitude of this financial challenge. What do the numbers look like? So Turkey now runs a current account deficit that's increased to about $60 billion a year. So Turkey needs to borrow about $60 billion a year or run down its existing reserves by that much to cover uh, its import bill. Turkey's reserves, foreign exchange reserves, setting the gold aside, are now down to about $50 billion. But about $20 billion of that is a swap line from Qatar and the UAE that isn't in hard currency. It's in their local currencies. It's obviously usable. And Turkey's been going through its reserves at a pace of between 5 and $10 billion a month. So if you have $30 billion in the bank, you're burning through 5 to $10 billion a month. The math is pretty clear. Turkey's central bank has borrowed over $150 billion from the rest of the world and from Turkey's own banks. And so relative to the amount that it has borrowed, the central bank of the Republic of Turkey also has very little left in terms of usable foreign currency reserves. It is a dire financial situation. This crisis is largely, if not almost entirely, a result of Erdogan's unorthodox economic policies and his latest efforts to really juice up the economy ahead of the elections in May, there now seems to be a post-election pivot toward financial orthodoxy with some of the key appointees in his cabinet. Is this too little, too late from Erdogan? 
And maybe we'll see. I mean, I think Erdogan did recognize that his policies were not tenable for much longer, and he preferred to initiate the change on his own. I think it's still an open question just how far he's willing to go, how willing he is to allow the new central bank governor to raise interest rates, how willing he is to accept the consequences of a sharp deceleration in credit growth. But it does seem like Erdogan is going to give a more orthodox policy mix a chance and do so on his own accord before it is forced on him. Erdogan has also been a master at using Turkey's strategic position to generate emergency financing, whether this is from Qatar, from Saudi Arabia, the UAE, or even Russia, as you've pointed out in a a recent blog piece. How effective has this been in kicking the can down the road? Look, I think Turkey would have run out of foreign exchange this spring, if not for the support most recently from Saudi Arabia and Russia. Previously, it's drawn heavily on support from Qatar. So the strategy of turning strategic importance into financial support allowed Erdogan to keep the Turkish lira relatively strong through the election. It may give him a bit more runway while he tries to pivot towards more orthodox policies. But the difficulty he faces and the difficulty his creditors face is that Turkey doesn't just need a one-off slug of this kind of funding. It needs repeated rounds of funding. Saudi Arabia gave $5 billion in March. It's probably given a bit more since then, given lint put on deposit at the central bank. Qatar has been supporting Turkey reportedly through buying its euro bonds. The Russians did a crazy deal with Gazprom Bank lending money to Ross Adam to put money on deposit to assure the completion of a nuclear power plant that Ross Adam is building in Turkey. Gazprom has been willing to reportedly defer getting paid in hard currency or even, you know, a softer currency for its gas. So all this has been vital. It is what has kept Turkey going, but it only can keep Turkey going if everybody is continually willing to re-up their financial support. And is that something that you see as likely? You know, my capacity to read the mind of Prince Mohammed bin Salman is very low. My capacity to figure out exactly how uh, Vladimir Putin is going to play his geopolitical hand is almost equally low. I don't think it is rational for them to keep putting money in, but you never know what kind of grand planned scheme they are trying to hatch. But I would say the odds that Turkey can continue to get financing at the current pace, even from its allies, are pretty low. And what's you know interesting about Turkey, and it's why Turkey really had to pivot, is that because the current account deficit, the amount that Turkey needs to borrow from the rest of the world has been going up, the amount of support that is needed, all else equal, also would have to go up. And so I have some doubts that any of Turkey's geostrategic friends would be willing to let Turkey run up its credit card quite that much. But, you know, I honestly don't know. With Turkey heading for what you've described as a classic currency crisis, what are Erdogan's options now? Well, I think he's played his highest card by putting a respected, experienced man in charge of the finance ministry, select a more orthodox central bank governor, and essentially see if a more credible representative of orthodoxy can be established at the start of his his new presidential term. That is his most powerful card. His other cards are trying to get more financing from the GCC, perhaps get more financing from China. I mean, China's been a little quiet recently on that front. It's been more supportive of other countries, but it hasn't upped its swap line. 
And then ultimately, if none of those options work, if the market isn't willing to come back and lend Turkey money with the pivot towards more orthodox policies, if the GCC is limited in its willingness to write big checks, then Erdogan would have to approach the U.S., the Europeans, and typically the U.S. and Europe insist on an IMF program as a condition for that kind of financial support, as I guess Greece remembers well, uh, even if it's been a while. Yeah, Erdogan has been adamant, however, that he'll never go to the IMF. So given the data that you're seeing, do you think that this is looking like an increasingly necessary step? Look, there isn't yet data on how investors will respond to the new policy mix. The Central Bank of Turkey is going to make a rate decision pretty soon. That'll provide some sense of whether uh, there's a big enough shift to generate confidence. It'll also help determine how big Turkey's borrowing need is. I mean, there likely will be an economic downturn associated with the pivot towards orthodoxy that lowers the current account deficit and lowers Turkey's current financing needs. But my judgment is that absent new financial support from the GCC countries, absent additional support from Russia, absent some new form of support from China, I think there's a, at least 50% odds that Erdogan would need to seek an IMF program by the end of this year. Brad, it's been great speaking with you. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for inviting me. In other news, Europe will not be whole until Cyprus is reunited. President of the European Parliament, Roberta Metzola, said on Tuesday as she welcomed President Nikos Christodoulidis to Strasbourg, where he's promoting an active role for the European Union in resolving the Cyprus problem. Metzola stressed that the Cyprus problem is not limited to the island, but is a wider European concern, adding that greater EU involvement in all stages of the negotiations could be helpful. I look forward to the support of the European Parliament. The EU can play a leading role in our efforts to restart negotiations, President Christodoulidis said, thanking Metzola for her interest and clear positions on Cyprus. Finally, Greece's independent authority for public revenue is gearing up to intensify its efforts against tax evasion this summer with the introduction of a new digital tool aimed to enhance tax compliance in Greek islands and other tourist areas. The digital app will provide real-time access to the financial profiles and archived information of the businesses undergoing inspection. It will also enable searches and cross-checks of financial data. The Finance Ministry and the Independent Authority for Public Revenue believe that the tourism industry has the potential to significantly increase tax revenues by revealing undeclared income. This comes as Greece's tax policy has become a field of fierce confrontation between the political parties in the lead-up to the elections. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.